Welcome to Fundamentally Human, a podcast about mental health topics unpacked in an easy-to-understand way. My name is Shervin, and I'm your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I hope you've been well, and I wanted to take this time to share about what's been going on with me, how I've been trying to stay balanced, and to ask you some questions to check in with yourself, too. Think of this as an opportunity to pick up some new tricks and tips, to manage your time, and a moment for self-reflection. When we think about staying balanced, we might picture a balance beam and trying to stand our tiptoes, but always live in that constant fear of falling or toppling over. Or you might think of a server holding an unrealistic number of plates and trying their best not to drop all of the food. Just thinking of these images is quite stressful already, and that seamlessly translates to our lives and how we balance aspects like work, health, family, friends, and alone time. In the past few months of working with clients as a therapist, so I started in September 2021, A common theme that I've noticed is my clients having difficulty with self-regulation. Self-regulation is the definition of the ability to manage your emotions and behavior in accordance with the demands of the situation. To put it shortly, it's how you manage yourself. This could be your stress management, how you react and respond to a situation, or engaging in practices like self-care and self-compassion. An adult with poor self-regulation skills often lacks self-confidence, has low self-esteem, and has difficulty with expressing their emotions like frustration or anger or even being excited. Instead, they might begin to develop anxiety and see a negative impact in their relationships with not only themselves, but with other people. So the question is, how do you self-regulate? When we try to self-regulate, we're working on pausing between a feeling and an action and really thinking about making a plan. Mindfulness plays a major role in how we can effectively and appropriately deal with situations. I'm sure many of us have heard about being mindful, especially in the last couple of years, and how to be present in situations. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to be mindful? It means that you're aware of what's happening, how you're feeling, and what you're thinking. Most importantly, you're not judging what's surfacing for you at that moment. So being mindful means being present with yourself at that very moment and recognizing what you need at that time. It's understanding that we're human, we have natural thoughts and processes that we go through, and those can be our reactions. So instead of focusing on our reactions, it's about looking at how we want to respond to a situation. One example I've used in session with clients is to explain the difference between a reaction and a response. So imagine you're driving on a dark night. It's rainy and you can't wait to get home and settle in after a long day of work. 
suddenly the car beside you, they cut you off. There's no signal and you had to brake. Most people would be angry, irritated, and even scared as their most instant response. Now, the next few seconds are the most important because you're about to decide what to do. You could change lanes, speed up, and cut the person off. You could probably yell a bunch of swear words and flip them off. Or it could be taking a deep breath and thinking, what the hell is this person doing? And then moving on as you are. This scenario is an example of practicing mindfulness and self-regulation. The next time you're trying to make a decision or responding to a situation, I encourage you to take even a couple of seconds to think about what's happening and what your body and mind are telling you. It's normal and okay to have the reactions you have, like being angry about someone cutting you off dangerously. That's okay. But Thinking about your response is what I want you to focus on. Let's also take a look at the research and the science. In 2019, a review of 27 studies indicated that mindfulness helped improve attention and regulation of negative emotions and executive functioning. So there's a large amount of research that supports the use of engaging in mindfulness practices or being present with what you need at that moment. There's so much research that mindfulness has now become a major concept that's talked about in therapy because of all the evidence that indicates how effective mindfulness can be. I wanted to make sure that I start this episode with some form of psychoeducation as it is important for me to continue sharing and expanding my listeners' mental health database. It also ties in closely with the topic of the episode today, staying balanced, or at least trying to. So I started my practicum a couple of months ago, and my calendar has been pretty packed. I'm still working full-time, and thank goodness I'm able to work from home, or that would have changed a lot of things. I see clients Monday through Friday, and I have a full caseload. I have over 15 clients that I see. I've been using my vacation hours to take off an afternoon a week to fit in my clients. And I laugh about this because you might be thinking, isn't that supposed to be your vacation? And yes, but I'll get into that later about finding that balance. So I usually see my clients after work, sometimes during the day, if that's the only time that works for them. I'm also still in school and have classes twice a month assignments due and I try to go to the gym three times a week walk an hour a day and have a social life but also relax and then do my podcast I have to stop my blogs for a while except this episode will have a blog basically there are a bunch of things that I have to do and I haven't listed everything being a caregiver at home for my family has been difficult too Staying balanced is definitely not easy. I feel like I'm constantly that server holding a bunch of plates and waiting for it them to drop at any moment. But I'm trying my best. And I want to share about some practices that I've tapped into to help me stay as balanced as I can. 
So one of the questions many people ask me is, well, how do I stay balanced and how do I manage my time? There are three concepts I want to go through. The first is discipline. The second is setting boundaries. And the third is listening to your body and mind. To kick it off with motivation versus discipline, I have heard many people say that they're feeling unmotivated and that they don't want to do something because of that, because they're feeling unmotivated. Motivation is also a great tool to help you kick into that ready gear. A little science behind it is it happens when your dopamine or those happy chemical messengers in your brain are spiking because you're anticipating something like a reward or a positive outcome. I like to think of motivation as something that comes and goes and it's short term. Relying on this is probably going to make it difficult for you to get a lot of things done. Instead, discipline, on the other hand, it means knowing that it's something you would like to get done and doing it regardless of your motivation level. Trust me, there have been many times where I do not want to go exercise and I'd rather sit at home to watch some YouTube instead of going out for a walk. But I try my best to remind myself that, you know, it's only going to take an hour or less to do this. I'm at home most of the day and reminding myself of how I feel after I get my exercise or walk in. And there hasn't been a time where I haven't come home from a walk where I haven't felt great. Even if it was raining or cold, I feel refreshed and energized and alert. Even if I'm unmotivated, I recognize the importance and benefits walking and going to the gym does for my health. And that's when I tap into that discipline pool to get it done. Over time, this becomes more natural and it's developed as a habit. If I were to quantify it, I would say I am driven by motivation 20% of the time and by discipline 80% of the time. The most productive moments are when I'm both motivated and disciplined, but that's not all the time. Some questions for you to reflect on. How do you get the drive to get something done? How do you usually plan your time? Is it spontaneous or in advance? Depending on your answer, how has that been for you? The second thing I want to touch on is setting boundaries. Are you a yes person? I used to be, and I still struggle with this at times. It's mostly because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to seem like I'm not capable or that I can't manage my time. Oh, you always talk about managing your time. How come you have to say no or you can't help me with this? I am scared of that or people feeling that way. But by saying yes and constantly making exceptions, we are essentially relinquishing our right to make a choice. This is something I have become more aware and conscious about over the past few years. Instead of saying yes, I may offer an alternative provide other resources or support, or straight out just say no without having the need to justify it so I don't have to feel guilty because I shouldn't, because I said no. We're often stuck in that train of thought that if we don't do something for someone, they're going to suffer because we didn't help them, but we don't 
recognize how that impacts us or the pressure we put on ourselves for thinking that way. Then we might go and think, oh, we're just being selfish again. Or we think that other people think we're selfish. And then you're just going into this deep, dark hole of toxicity and internal dialogue and things that aren't helpful for you. (laughs) So much like the theme of this episode of staying balanced, I encourage you to find that sweet spot. What works for you? What can you do about it? For me, some ways that I've set boundaries include not having my work emails connected to my personal phone or computer. So I only see my emails during work hours. So that could be using incognito, using a different device or logging out every time. Another thing I do is setting my Slack or work messages that I get. Those notifications, I turn them off at five o'clock. It's a setting that's automatic. So that way I don't see any of that after my work hours because I can probably work and do things the entire night, but that's not healthy and that's not setting any boundaries because you're starting to make exceptions. And when you make exceptions, people are going to start taking advantage of it because they think it's something that's normal and okay and you're receptive of it. So much like preventative care, it's best if you can put those boundaries in place sooner than later. And if you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, it's already later now, you can still do it now because three months down the line, you're going to say, "Uh uh-oh, I should have done that three months ago. Another thing I do to set boundaries is only scheduling clients at times that work for me. There have been many times where I'll look at my calendar and I'll maybe go later and later and later into the evening or try to consider, oh, maybe I should do this on a weekend. But I've backspaced multiple times from that because I need to respect my own boundaries and my own space. If I'm working the entire day every day, then that's really tiring for me. And I also wonder what my quality of work would look like. I also let my clients know, well, if these times don't work for you, let me know what does. Maybe we can be flexible and fit someone in in the morning and just jig things around. But I have a very harsh standpoint on no appointments on the weekend with clients, unless it's an emergency, of course. And I know I talked about making exceptions, but it really depends on what the client's going through at that time. And that just goes to the point of being flexible. Boundaries can be flexible, but I want you to remember to prioritize yourself in those moments. So some questions for you to reflect on. What are some boundaries that you can set in your work and personal life? What makes you feel guilty when you say no? Is it reasonable? The third concept I want to go through is the idea of listening to your body and mind. So this one closely relates to setting boundaries, self-regulating, and being mindful because it's a reminder for you to consider what your body needs right now and what is realistic for you. Please note that the keyword here is realistic. It's very, very easy for us to think about the many things that are possible for us to do. Oh, I can do that. It's okay. No problem. Yes, I'm pretty sure you can respond to three emails at night. No problem. But 
is that the healthiest thing for you? Is that setting boundaries? Is that realistic for you? Think about that. It's easy for us to think about the many things that are possible for us to do, but it's another to consider what is actually realistic for us at this very moment or whatever moment you're in. Something I've been working on is not feeling guilty for telling people, you know, I don't want to go out today because I have planned to stay home to play video games instead of going out because I need to reset and recharge at the comfort of my own home. Yes, it's important to maintain a social life and to be surrounded by friends who are supportive of you, but it's equally, actually, if not more important to recognize what your internal battery level is at and what you need to recharge it. Sometimes it can be more draining than comforting to hang out with friends. Even if you usually have fun or enjoy their company, what if you had a really bad day and you really just had to sit at home and be a potato? Every moment we experience is different, so that also means that our responses and what we need in those moments will be different as well. Sometimes people will say, or I've heard someone say to me, wow, how do you have time to play games every night? Shouldn't you be working instead? Don't you have a lot to do? You say you wanted to do this. How come you aren't spending every night doing it? Okay, sure, I can work 12 plus hours a day, every single day, but I also know that after a certain amount of time, my brain starts to get foggy, the quality of my work deteriorates, it's it's a mess, it's a gong show. And that's because that internal battery is being depleted with the work I've already put in during the day. So this is me listening to my body and my mind about what I need at that moment, And at that moment, it's, okay, I need to stop working for the day. It's time to log off. It's time to relax, de-stress, watch videos, play games, or go eat. Listening to your body is important. Some questions for you to reflect on. When do you recognize that you need to stop for the day? Is it when you're so exhausted that you need to sleep? Or do you have a set time where things turn off for you? And lastly, what matters most for you? And this question is something I want you to ask yourself in those moments to practice mindfulness. For me, I will be ending some evenings late and I don't intend to do work afterwards because I know I need to stop, recharge, and be ready for the next day. Whether it's engaging in mindfulness practices or being aware of your own self-regulation, I hope that this episode has reminded you of the importance of prioritizing yourself and your needs. To support my podcast and help reach others, please follow and share it with anyone who is looking to learn a bit more about mental health. For any listeners who are visual learners or would like some more resources, I invite you to read my blog post on Shervin.ca and to follow my Twitter at HelloShervin for updates. I hope you stay well and warm. Thanks for listening today and take care.